This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If I were to ask you the one place you would like to go, what would you name? Well, you said, I'd like to go see my children. Another says, well, you know, I've always wanted to go overseas. I've always wanted to visit Europe. And, and another might say, well, you know, I, I like to go into, to see into the islands, and I, I'd love to visit in the Caribbean. Well, you know, if I had one place that I'd like to go, I don't believe it would be there. I visited some places around the world, but I have my focus on another place. And Paul put it like this, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we want to talk about a glimpse of glory. But we're going to be talking about heaven today. Hello, I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. And let me encourage you to stay tuned as we talk about heaven, a glimpse of glory. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and we want you to know more about the course. We'd like for you to know how to receive it. So what we're going to do right now is take a brief pause. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, beginning in verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for well, the former things are passed away. A man was walking with his son one night out under the star-studded heavens. The little boy looked heavenward and exclaimed, Daddy, if heaven is so beautiful from the wrong side, what must the right side look like? 
So someone was trying to describe the golden sunset to Fanny Crosby, the blind songwriter. And she said, I cannot see it now. But one day I shall see him face to face that makes all of the sunsets glow. That the thought of heaven is almost beyond our comprehension because man does not have the requisite data to comprehend all that heaven contains or all that the word heaven even implies. But there are some things about heaven I want us to think about today. We want to get a little glimpse of glory today. Now, if it were possible for us to pull back the curtain that separates this life from the life that is to come, I think there are certain things that we would learn. Now, granted, there are things about heaven we may not comprehend, we may not understand, and all that has been revealed about heaven is what is revealed in the Bible. But there are still some things that we can know for certain. And if there's not anything else we can know, it is this. Number one, heaven is a real place. You see, the idea of heaven is not the figment of someone's distorted imagination. Heaven is not a carryover from some previously unenlightened age. Heaven is real. You know, a few hundred years ago, our forefathers lived what you and I today would consider a rather meager existence. They lived in cabins or huts that they built themselves. And they lived off of the land. And they made trails through the forest. And if you had told our forefathers that there was a time coming in this country that there would be huge cities with skyscrapers going high up into the air, that there would be suburban neighborhoods, there would be uh, factories and buildings, that there would be ribbons of asphalt crisscrossing this nation from one end to the other, north, south, east, west, and that there would be an apparatus on that ribbon of asphalt and they would refer to it as an automobile and that that automobile would go in excess of 100 miles an hour. Why? If someone had told our forefathers that, they would have thought you mad. And you know, when we read what the Bible says about heaven, all it is is just a glimpse. And if we understand, if we could really get a glimpse of heaven today, I don't think that we would really comprehend it or understand it. It would be like a man who had never been to this city. He lived on a farm all of his life. 
comes back from the city and his little boy asks, what is the city like? He said, they have skyscrapers. He said, Daddy, what's a skyscraper? He said, it looks like a silo. Well, a skyscraper is not a silo. It just reminds you of one. He explains it in the best way he knows how. And when we think about heaven, we just explain it in the best way we know how as revealed in the Bible. I believe with all of my heart and soul, heaven is real. One of the reasons I believe that heaven is real is because while the soul of man has always longed for such a place, all men living now or people who have ever lived have had some anticipation of a future life. Savage, the civilized, the educated, the uneducated, educated, have had some anticipation of a life to come. That is, they've longed for such a place. And there is that longing with the heart of man today for a land that is fairer than day. A little boy was seen out flying his kite. Really, all you could see was a string in his hand. The kite had gone up so high that you could barely see it. Someone says, how do you know that your kite is still there? He said, I know my kite is still there because I feel it tug on that string every once in a while. And isn't it the case with you and with me, with all people, that there is that longing, that tugging within our heart for a place called heaven? I believe heaven is real because we're not really adapted to stay here. The fact that some are younger and some are older is indicative of that truth, that, that, that we don't last in this world. Every day that we live, we're getting one day older. Every day that we live, we're getting one day closer to our leaving this world. So we're not adapted to stay here. In 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, Paul in the 16th verse said, For which cause we faint not. For though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. There's an outward man and there's an inward man. Now what you see of me is merely my outward man, my body. But there is an inward man. And when the, the, the inward man is, is not adapted, the outward man and the inward man is not adapted to stay in this world. There's going to be a time coming that my spirit will leave this body. You know, James chapter 2 says, as the body without the spirit is dead, it leaves the body, and they will deposit my body into the earth, and then my spirit will go into the care and keeping of God who made it, awaiting the great day of resurrection. We're just not adapted to stay here. Another reason I believe in, in heaven is because the justice of God demands it. You know, God is a just God. The statement is made, or the question was asked rather in Genesis 18, 25, shall not the judge of all of the earth do right? 
And the fact is, the judge of all of the earth will do right. He is a just God. He meets out justice. This whole world knows little about justice. Not really. There have been tyrants like Nero, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and others who sat on their thrones and bathed the world in blood and in tears. Now for God to be a just God, God will have to punish those that are evildoers. And He will. Because He's a just God. But He will indeed reward those who are righteous. The justice of God demands it. But the main reason I believe heaven is real is because that's what the Bible teaches. And the passages I read to you earlier are a description of heaven and its reality. Our Lord was about to leave His disciples. They were sorrowful, but they didn't really quite understand what was going on. So in the 14th chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, there are so many passages about heaven in the Bible. But you know, I've noticed one thing in studying the Bible. God doesn't have to say one thing over and over and over and over again before He means it. And if there was nothing else in the Bible other than what Jesus said in John the 14th chapter, I'd still believe in His reality. And he even said, if it were not so, I would have told you. And one of these days he's coming back for his own to be with him for eternity. Heaven is real because the Bible teaches that is real. Now there are some instances in the Bible where it appears that some got a glimpse of glory. For example, in Genesis, the 28th chapter, is the story of Jacob and the dream that Jacob had. And in that dream, he saw a ladder that reached from earth to heaven. And on that ladder, there were angels ascending and descending. Some have suggested that that might refer to or suggest the constant activity that is going on in the angelic world. But this I know that after he awoke from that dream, this is what he said in verse number 17. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. It just appears to me that he got a glimpse of glory. And then in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 
Paul explained about verse number 2 that he knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Now, some speculate about who that man may have been. It's my personal view that he's talking about himself. And maybe in this case he refers to the time that he was stoned and left for dead. But he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. And then in a parenthetical statement he says, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He said, God knows that. And he said, such a one was caught up into the third heaven. And then again, he has this parenthetical thought, whether in the body, out of the body, I don't know. God knows that. And then he says in verse 4, that man was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable things which it's not lawful for a man to utter. He said, this man I knew, I don't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. You know, I'll tell you one thing I learned from that. Our existence does not depend upon our being in the body because we can exist out of the body as well. When we die and we leave the body, we still exist. We just exist in a different form, in a different state. But he said this man was called up into the third heaven. To the Jewish mind, there were three heavens, at least three heavens. Now the atmosphere that surrounds the earth was one heaven. And then up where the birds fly is another heaven. Where God is was the third heaven. He said this man was caught up into paradise. The word paradise is a word that was of Persian origin. And it meant pleasure garden. When one of the Persian kings wanted to bestow a favor upon one of his subjects, he would allow him to walk with him in the garden. And this man was caught up into paradise. Someone says, well, I wonder what he saw and what he heard. Well, Paul said it's just not lawful to talk about it, so we don't know. But nonetheless, this man got a glimpse of glory. In the seventh chapter of Acts, Stephen, the first Christian martyr, the first Christian to die for the faith, saw the heavens opened and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. That's Acts 7, 56. You know, elsewhere in Scripture, when it talks about Jesus at God's right hand, it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But here, Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. A man by the name of B.C. Goodpasture said, As it were, the Lord was standing to receive the sainted dead. It just seems to me Stephen got a glimpse of glory. And then when John wrote the book of Revelation, he gave us a glimpse of glory. Well, what is heaven like? How is heaven described? It is described as having a great wall. It is described as having a wall of jasper. It is described as having twelve gates, and the gates were made of pearl. The street was of gold. And we're told that there will be no need for the sun or the moon, because God and Christ would be the light there. I don't understand all of that, but I believe the Holy Spirit had John to use human terms to help us understand something about the, the bl- splendor 
and even the security of heaven. Perhaps the wall suggests the security that we have there. The gates leading into the city suggest the accessibility of heaven, that whosoever will may come. And the, the street of gold and the gates of, of pearl and the walls of jasper to describe the beauty of heaven, how beautiful heaven truly must be. Oh, a glimpse of glory. I, I, I want us to go to that place, don't you? I personally want to go there. And this is a place that is a desired place. Paul desired it when he said, My desire is to depart and be with Christ. Philippians 1, 23. He said it's far better. I want to go to heaven for several reasons. One reason is because my heavenly Father's there. You know, Jesus said, When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who's in heaven. God is there. I've heard people talk like this about heaven. I heard someone say one day, you know, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look up my mama and my daddy. The first thing I'm going to do after I look up my mama and daddy is I'm going to look up the preacher who converted me to Christ. And then I want to talk to the Apostle Paul. And on and on they go about speculating about what they're going to do when they get to heaven. I don't know what we're going to do, but I rather suspect it's going to be very difficult for us to take our eyes off our God. Jesus will be there. And it will be hard for us to take our eyes off of Jesus, the one who died to save us, that we might one day go to heaven. I want to go to heaven because my Lord is there. I want to go to heaven because it's, it is a place of beauty. I don't understand it's, it's the beauty of it. There's a song that's often sung. There's a beautiful place called heaven that's hidden above the bright blue. It is hidden from our sight, but we believe it to be a beautiful place. You've been to some beautiful places, haven't you? There are beautiful scenes all around the world. I live in a part of the country that, that where you have some of the most beautiful sunsets that you'll ever find anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. But they, they don't even begin to compare evidently what heaven will be like. Oh, heaven is a beautiful place. A little boy was born blind. His parents were told that after he gets a certain age, we can operate on him and give him his sight. And when the little boy finally had that surgery, they took the, the bandages off of his eyes and they gradually opened the blinds in his room where the light would, where he would gradually adjust to the light. And he said he walked over to the window and he looked out and he saw a tree for the first time in his life. He saw birds in the tree. He saw the street. He saw the grass. He saw cars. He saw people. And they said, he said to his parents, why didn't you tell me all of this was so pretty? All this was so beautiful. They said, son, we tried. We did the best we could. And that's what we do today when we talk about the beauty of heaven. But I want to go because of the beauty of that place. I, I want to go there because my, my name is written there. You see, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. To go to heaven, our names must be written in that Lamb's Book. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. And so I want to go there because my name is written there. You see, I want to go there because I've been invited to go. 
Jesus said, put it like this. Come unto me, all you that labor, are in a heavy laden. I'll give you rest. That's an invitation. I don't want to slight the host, not the least bit in the world. And another reason I want to go to heaven is because I don't particularly like the alternative to it. I don't like the alternative. Uh, Jesus talked about that alternative in Matthew 25 and verse 46, and, and these shall go and way into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The righteous will, will go into that place of, of glory where God is, but not the unrighteous. So I don't like the alternative. If we go there, I've got to desire it with all of my heart, with all of my soul. I've got to desire it so much that I'm willing to step out of self to put self behind and step into Christ by believing in Him, by repenting of my sins, by confessing that I believe in Him, and by being baptized into Christ. Our Lord put it like this, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. I need to step out of Christ, step into Christ, live for Christ. I'd urge you to do that. You know, heaven is described by Peter in 1 Peter 1 and verse 4 as a place reserved, reserved for you. Have you made your reservations? If you've not made your reservations, why don't you think about doing it as quickly as you possibly can? If you need to talk to someone, call us, write us, text us. We'll get in touch with you. We want to help you with your spiritual journey into eternity as much as we possibly can. Heaven is real, folks. That's what this life is all about. That's what this telecast is all about. Going to heaven one day. If I did not believe there was a heaven, I wouldn't be on this program today. I wouldn't be preaching this sermon today. Heaven is real. And let's take God seriously. Thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Also right now, pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. You can also take the course online, and many do. We want to thank those of you who have done, uh, either taken it uh, by, through the mail, or you've taken it online, and you're learning more about the Bible. That's why we have it, so you can get to know your Bible. Thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.